Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Filato's Fantasy Corner. It's week 17, and most fantasy leagues are now done with right now. Week 16 is typically when the fantasy championship is, the fantasy Super Bowl, and that's the week where it should be. Playing to week 17 in 2020 is not necessarily a wise thing because you're going to lose out on players like Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and other really star fantasy players that are not going to be playing this week. Now, next year, when there is going to be a longer schedule, supposedly, that's when you can play week 17. But as for now, in the past, you should not be. Anyways, we're going to dive into this late, and we're going to talk about DFS, a little bit more about the DraftKings angle on this, because you could still play DFS. You could have been out of fantasy since week six or seven and been playing DFS, possibly winning some cash. So we're going to go over the games like we usually do, and we're going to talk about the over-unders, and we're going to get into some of these players that maybe you should put on your roster. But I will say, before we get into it, you have to look at the Sunday inactives because there's going to be surprise inactives up until Sunday and a lot of these playoff teams may not want to start some of their really banged up guys and that might not come out until Sunday. Now there's already been leaks about the Chiefs not starting some of their guys and that makes sense. So just pay attention to the news as it comes in and out. First let's get into this Jets-New England game. Very gross game for fantasy. It's a 40 point over-under and the New England Patriots who are home are favored by three. Wow, who would have ever thought that? <laughs> but that is just 2020 in a nutshell. I'm not interested in starting any quarterbacks in this game. I'm really not interested in starting many running backs in this game whatsoever. The Jets are one of those funnel type of defenses who can beat you through the air. But Cam Newton can't throw. Jared Statham looks overwhelmed. So I don't know what I want to do from any skilled position or really any player in general in this game. Maybe Jamison Crowder, but Jonathan... Jones does a pretty good job as the slot cornerback for the New England Patriots, but maybe you can go in that direction at 5,000. He's coming off of a very, very hot game where he had 29 fantasy points through a touchdown pass to kind of help assist that as well, but he did have nine targets for 92 yards, so he's kind of gaining that early season form that he had early on when he was kind of a fantasy stud, and then he died down, and now you have a healthy Sam Darnold, and Jets are kind of playing really hard, coming off a two-game winning streak, which is also incredibly insane. But this is a 40-point over-under. This is not the game to attack whatsoever in terms of fantasy football. But it's the first game on the slate that we ended up going over. Then we have the Minnesota Vikings against the Detroit Lions. Now, this is a sexy game for fantasy output. It's a 54-point over-under, and the Lions are plus 6.5. So the Vikings are favored by 6.5. And, and we just saw last week... The Vikings get torn apart by Alvin Kamara for six touchdowns. Almost broke an incredible record. Dalvin Cook is not going to play in this game. And it looks like Alexander Madison will get the nod. He had a concussion. He was limited in practice on Wednesday. But it looks like he could be back for this game. 
And Detroit, much like Minnesota, can't stop the run. Can't really stop anybody. We saw what happened to them against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So there should be a lot of fantasy points here. But I love me, DeAndre Swift. He's at 6,300. It's pretty cheap. He's going to see a bunch of carries. Yeah, he only had 10 points last week. But that was in a blowout loss where he had no coaches. He's going up against Minnesota's rush defense, who has been the worst rush defense in the last couple weeks. And Detroit's rush defense is also really bad. So Madison, if he's healthy, can be in play. If Madison's not there, then Mike Boone would be in play. And Mike Boone is $4,000 on DraftKings. But I love Swift in this matchup. I'm not going to start Chase Daniel. doesn't appear that Matt Stafford or Kenny Galladay will be playing in this game. Kirk Cousins is somebody that you can definitely look at. 6,300, relatively cheap. I think Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen are both in play. 7,600, 7,400 for both of those players respectively. And I don't really trust many other options in this game because Chase Daniel is throwing the football to them. I think you can look at TJ Hawkinson, but you may find better tight ends. He's only 4,600. Daniel is going to be able to find him. Now he has at least a a week of practice under his belt where he knows he's going to be the starter if Matt Stafford doesn't end up playing. Because remember, Matt Stafford left the last game with an ankle injury after the first drive. I wouldn't entertain either of these defenses, though. Let's move on to Miami and Buffalo. And Buffalo's just clicking right now. It's a 44.5 point over-under. Buffalo is favored by 1.5, and and this game is up in Buffalo. Josh Allen, definitely in play here. I know Miami's defense is really, really good in the secondary, but Josh Allen is just playing quarterback like very few people can at the moment. 35 fantasy points last week, 40 the week before, 19 against Pittsburgh, and then 34 at San Francisco. He's been clicking right now. He's been playing really, really well, and he's somebody to look at if he plays this entire game. As for Miami, this is a very, very important game for Miami. Looks like Tua is going to be the starter in this game, but we saw last week that Tua got benched and Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and threw that incredible pass where he got ripped down by his face mask, a pass that ended up setting up Jason Sanders for that field goal attempt. But I'm not necessarily too interested in the quarterbacks for Miami because you don't know which one it will be. Miles Gaskin, however, 6,500. I know this is a road game, but he's still somebody who just gets so much opportunity. Had five catches, five targets last week, 14 attempts on the ground. Ended up getting over 33 DraftKings points. And Zach Moss seems like he's the more important back to own. But this is going up against Miami, a team that just shut out Josh Jacobs, even though the Raiders barely seem to run the football a lot. They kind of strayed away from it. I think you can do better than Moss or Singletary. It's kind of a disgusting duo right there in terms of fantasy football. And you move to the receivers. Cole Beasley looks like he's going to miss this game. He was dinged up on Monday Night Football against the Patriots. So that just probably means more targets for someone like Steph Diggs. But he's at 8,100. That's a lot. I think Gabriel Davis at 3,600 could be in for more opportunity, more targets. Shouldn't see that much of Xavier Howard. May see a little bit more of Byron Jones, even though they use him in a very um, unique way. Maybe some rookie Noah Igbenogany as well. So... Davis is somebody to pay attention to as the week kind of runs down and goes on. And you have Mike Gusecki and Dawson Knox, both solid options. But this game is in a boom game in terms of fantasy football. And if you want to kind of maximize your lineup, you probably want to attack a game with a higher over-under unless this player is just in for so much opportunity and so much red zone work. And it's not necessarily 
predictive right now for Gusecki or Dawson Knox. But if Cole Beasley doesn't play, doesn't look like he will, I think Knox at 3,000 is probably a, a wise person to look at. He did drop a touchdown last week, only had four targets. But if he caught that touchdown, it'd be looking a lot better right now, and he would have mounted two double-digit games back-to-back. Then we have Baltimore at Cincinnati. And the Ravens in this game are favored on the road because they're the Baltimore Ravens. And Cincinnati, I know they coming off of two wins, looking pretty solid with two different quarterbacks, but they're 12.5-point dogs at home to the Ravens because the Ravens are the hottest team in the NFL right now. People can argue. I think the Bills also have something to say about that. This is a 44-and-a-half-point over-under. And Lamar Jackson, they, they need this game, the Ravens. They could realistically not make the playoffs if they fail this game. So they're going to be playing to win. So Lamar Jackson's definitely in play at 8,000. Brendan Allen, I'm not going to trust against Baltimore. I know he just came out last week and played phenomenal football, 26 fantasy points, something that no one really expected. But that was against Houston's defense, a terrible defense, frankly. Running backs J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards could both be in play as well here. As for Cincinnati, you saw Samaj P. Ryan and Giovanni Bernard have good games against Houston. You saw Giovanni Bernard tear up the Pittsburgh Steelers in prime time. Just not 100% sure who it's going to be every week, which doesn't give me a uh, great feeling, especially against Baltimore's defense. And then T. Higgins, he's questionable in this game after having a 21-point DraftKings day. He's limited in practice with a hamstring injury. I don't think there's any anything indicating that he's going to miss, but you want to monitor that situation. Tyler Boyd, I believe, is out of the concussion protocol. He was limited. I think he's still technically in the concussion protocol, but he's trending towards playing, so you want to look at that. He's not out of it officially, but getting limited practice on Wednesday is a positive sign to him being available. And he's probably going to see a lot of Marlon Humphrey, so I'd rather go after um, someone like T. Higgins, a little bit more upside than... AJ Green, but AJ Green is 3,900. Higgins is 5,000. So if you did want to attack receivers in this game, those are AJ Green is the cheaper option, but you can go, you can do better than him on this slate. Mark Andrews 5,800 is a great option. Cincinnati this season ranks 29th in fantasy points allowed against the tight end position. So I really like that as an option. He did a really good job against the New York Giants. Had 11 targets, caught six of them for 76 yards, and could have had a touchdown, hit him in the hands, and he didn't end up securing it. So Mark Andrews seems like he's healthy now. I think that's definitely a way to go. And Baltimore's defense is also a way to go. They're 4,200, one of the more expensive defenses on the slate, but still against Cincinnati. I know Brendan Allen looked good last week. He's still Brendan Allen in Baltimore is Wink Martindale coach defense. That's an incredibly aggressive defense. Then we have the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Cleveland Browns in a very, very important game for the Cleveland Browns because this is a win and get in game. doesn't seem like Ben Roethlisberger will be playing. This is going to be Mason Rudolph. So the Browns are favored by nine points. It's a 42 point over under another kind of gross over under. And with Mason Rudolph as a starting quarterback, I don't want to start anybody on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They couldn't run the ball with Ben Roethlisberger. They're definitely not going to be able to run the ball against the Browns with freaking Mason Rudolph. So you have James Conner, who didn't necessarily look great running the ball last week. Yeah, he got in the end zone, had a solid fantasy game, but it still didn't look all that great being used in the air. That's encouraging. So I think uh, a nice contrarian play, maybe Nick Chubb, he, had, he ended up with 17 points last week in full-point PPR because he had five catches for 38 yards against the Jets, but he couldn't really do anything on the ground. He ended up falling into the end zone, but 
he had 28 yards on 11 carries. That's not the Nick Chubb that we're used to seeing. And I could see the Browns kind of taking a nice lead here at home and then running the clock out. You'll look at Nick Chubb, 7,600. It's kind of pricey. Over-under isn't overly sexy. But Steelers' run defense has been susceptible. They have been recently. They've had a lot of injuries on linebacker. And when you look at Chubb, you see the eighth in the opponent ranking. That could possibly deter people from selecting Nick Chubb, as crazy as that sounds, but people do kind of go by these little opponent ranking things. So I think Chubb could be a solid option. Kareem Hunt, not as much. He only had four carries last week. Ended up getting in the end zone, which kind of saved his fantasy day. Had the same amount of targets as Nick Chubb. But if you need to save, Kareem Hunt's your guy because he's only 5,900 as opposed to Nick Chubb at 76. As for any of these receivers, Jarvis Landry, Rashad Higgins, and Donovan Peoples-Jones should be back for Cleveland Browns. It's going to really help Baker Mayfield. I think Jarvis Landry at 6,500 could have something to prove. Should see eight to nine targets in this game. Upside's not necessarily there. It's more of a cash play than a GPP type of play for sure. And I can't trust any of these Pittsburgh Steelers with Mason Rudolph. So I probably don't even want any of these defenses other than the Browns, which usually you want to go with the Steelers. So if you need a cheap defense at home, Browns at $2,500. It's a solid, definitely a solid way to go. We know there's history with some of the Browns defensive players, Miles Garrett specifically, and Mason Rudolph. So, I mean, not that Miles Garrett needs any more fire by any means, but I'm sure he'd like to sack Mason Rudolph. Anyways. Then we have the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. Very, very important game for both of these teams because if Washington loses on Sunday Night Football, the winner of this game goes to the playoffs. This is a 45-point over-under, and the Cowboys are favored on the road by one and a half points. And I think Andy Dalton's in play. Daniel Jones is immobile. He even admitted as much to the media, something I probably didn't really necessarily want him to do, even though it was obvious if you watch the film. Can't trust Daniel Jones. I think you can trust some of the wide receivers, though. I think you can trust Sterling Shepard. He's at 5,200. I think you can look at Darius Slayton, somebody who struggled all year, but against Dallas' secondary, who's playing better, mind you, they are, but they could still revert back to their old ways. You know there's talent there with Darius Slayton. He's going to come in very low-owned. That's at $4,100, okay? I think he's a good GPP play. I really do because we've seen Slayton go off five catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns. Have we seen it this year? No, not really. We really have not. Now, he had a big game in week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But against these Dallas Cowboys, and recently he has been struggling. But I think it's a solid GPP play, and you're going to get him at a low ownership. And there's upside there. There definitely is. I think there's definitely upside for C.D. Lamb, who tore the Giants apart. I think Amari Cooper may see a decent amount of James Bradbury, so I'd probably stray away from him. I'd rather have a Lamb or Michael Gallup, who's at 5000 His price has risen a lot recently because he's been playing really well with Andy Dalton. Running backs, Wayne Gallman hasn't done enough. I think Ezekiel Elliott, 6400 I don't think the upside's necessarily there, especially because Tony Pollard eats into some of his receiving work because the Giants are pretty solid as a run-defending team. Against Baltimore, they gave up some yards. Yes, some bigger plays, but Baltimore is a lot different than the Dallas Cowboys. So this over-under isn't great either. I think if you had to choose a defense, either of these could be in play for GPP because the Giants turned the football over. The Cowboys had a touchdown against the Giants last time they played, and the Giants had a touchdown against the Cowboys. And granted, that was Dak Prescott throwing that interception. But we've seen Patrick Graham scheme up some trap coverages, and they just need to get pressure on the quarterback, something the Giants do struggle at. But 
I think for GPP plays, low ownership plays, both of these teams are kind of in it. Evan Ingram, he's been dealing with an ankle injury. He was limited on Wednesday. I expect him to play in this game coming off of a game where he saw double-digit targets. And Dallas, a team that is not necessarily great at guarding skilled position players and athletes like Evan Ingram. So I like him at 3,700. I think Dalton Schultz is in play as well, but he's upside his cap. I don't really necessarily see him going off for over 100 yards. That's not his game. You just hope that he gets in the end zone. So I think there's people with higher upside than someone like Dalton Schultz. Alrighty, but before we continue, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at Big Blue View. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge... That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Falcons take on the Buccaneers with a 50-point over-under. The Buccaneers are 6.5-point favorites in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, 7,200 on this slate after coming off his incredible game. And he's expected to start in Week 17 against the Falcons. You know the Falcons are going to have a chip on their shoulders. This is a divisional type of matchup. But how long will Brady play? He only played a half against Detroit because... He lit up the Detroit secondary like crazy, and then we saw Blaine Gabbert get into the game and actually have a really good fantasy game in his own right for playing a half. He had 15 fantasy points, which was kind of wild, to be honest. You have Matt Ryan, but I think you can do a little bit better than Matt Ryan. Tampa Bay runs a lot of man coverage, and they have been torched before in the past, but this game, I, I, I go in a different direction. There's probably not going to be a Julio Jones. He's questionable as of right now. Calvin Ridley is somebody who can definitely go into your lineup, though, because he's just been killing it recently, has had double-digit fantasy points all but one game this season on DraftKings, which was the game at Carolina. And then he didn't play in the Green Bay game. But other than that, he scored in the 20s and the 30s several times. He scored in the teens several times. So he's definitely just an absolute superstar in the making. I think Mike Evans is definitely somebody you want to go after because the Buccaneers are chasing records for Mike Evans to set the franchise single season record for receiving yards for catches and just 
just being a dominant force, which is, that's kind of what Mike Evans has been all season for this team. So we saw last week them just keep targeting Mike Evans down the stretch, and he finished with two touchdowns, 181 yards, 12 targets, 10 catches. I, I think that's going to continue. I really do. So I would definitely look to start him, and that kind of doesn't make me as excited about the Chris Godwins and the Antonio Browns of the world, just because I think the ball might be forced to Evans a little bit more than what you'd want for those other guys. And not starting an Atlanta running back, and I probably, I mean, I would entertain Ronald Jones. He's limited in practice with the finger. He's off the COVID list, which is a big deal for him. He's 5,900. Atlanta, though, is very, very good against the run. So you would have to do that. If you're feeling really risky, you want to get him because you like his skill set at a low percentage. This is the week to do so, but Atlanta's good against the run. And I think Fournette's going to play in this game because Ronald Jones is coming off of the COVID list and is kind of getting over things like that. As for tight ends, Gronk is definitely in play. Hayden Hurst is actually playing well in terms of fantasy. Two double-digit point performances in the last two games. I think he could be in play, but he's kind of a low-upside kind of guy. You just hope he gets in the end zone. So I think he can do better there. Gronk, he only had two targets last week. Both of them were converted into touchdowns. Always think Gronk is in play with the slate. But like I said, with the other receiving options, I think a lot of balls are going to be going to Mike Evans this week. And we have Green Bay at Chicago to mark our 425 games and the Green Bay Packers are favored by five and a half on the road 51 and a half point over under obviously guys like Devontae Adams are smashes he's at 9200 we saw what he just did and I think Chicago although they've on the season been a solid team against the past they definitely can be had we saw DJ Chark have a long touchdown against them last week I think he's definitely somebody that you have to entertain but he's very very pricey Aaron Rodgers going for the MVP right now. 7,400. He's definitely in play. I think Mitch is in play, as gross as that is sometimes, but Mitchell Trubisky had 24 fantasy points against a really bad Jaguars team. Green Bay is a much better defense than them, but I still think that Trubisky has a floor at 5,600 that is solid just because of his rushing upside as well. So I think he's somebody you can plug in. It looks like Green Bay might just blow them out. It's definitely a possibility. Chicago actually still has playoff hopes. They could win and get in here, which is insane to think about. I mean, they started all 5-1, and one, but it's been pretty gross recently. A lot better, I guess, the more recent you get because they mounted a three-game winning streak off the back of Mitchell Trubisky and David Montgomery, who's been playing really well, and I think he's definitely in play. Green Bay's been much better against the run, but they've also been bad on the season against the run, and David Montgomery has just been tearing through teams. He won so many people fantasy championships, and I think he's a solid play in cash and in GPP games. going to come at a high percentage. 7,700 isn't cheap, but I still really like what he can offer your fantasy team. Aaron Jones, look, we saw a lot of A.J. Dillon, and they might want to kind of keep Aaron Jones fresh for this playoff push, so I'm probably going to stray away from him at 7,100. I'd rather just spend up and get David Montgomery. He's only $600 more. I think Robert Tunyon, you can get him at a low percentage because coming off of a two-target game where he only caught one pass for 17 yards in the snow, I think him at 5,000 against Chicago defense that has been pretty bad against tight ends. I think that's a pretty solid play. Jimmy Graham's coming off of a two-touchdown performance, may have a little bit of higher ownership in this revenge game type of narrative right here. But I think he's definitely also in play, as gross as that can be. I'm not interested in the Bears defense. I think the Packers defense with Mitchell Trubisky, yes, you could definitely go in that direction because Mitch is kind of prone to turning the football over. New Orleans at Carolina. Now, another divisional matchup, the NFC South. The New Orleans Saints are favored by 6.5, and this is a 47.5 point over-under. So, 
Drew Brees, you want to again, you want to watch this game, see who who's going to be active, who's going to be inactive. They're going to sit some of their banged up guys. Granted, they had kind of an extended bye week because the Saints played on Christmas, so it's been a little bit. So in this game, though, I think obviously Alvin Kamara, ninety five hundred, very expensive. Doesn't look like Mike Davis is going to play, so you're going to get some some cheap opportunity from Rodney Smith, from Curtis Samuel. Rodney Smith is four grand. I think Curtis Samuel as a wide receiver, but he also plays running back. It's fifty three hundred. I think he's a solid play. It's New Orleans defense is good, but there's going to be opportunity for some of these cheaper guys. DJ Moore always in play fifty seven hundred. Robbie Anderson is fifty six hundred. He's questionable right now. He didn't practice on Wednesday due to a groin injury. So if Robbie Anderson sits out, I think Samuel's even that much more enticing as is DJ Moore because I think DJ Moore's talent can beat somebody like Marshawn Lattimore on any given Sunday. Even though Lattimore is incredibly talented. But I think those are cheaper options with high upside, which we've seen kind of from DJ Moore the entire season. Then you have Jared Cook at 4,700. Jared Cook with Drew Brees. He had 82 yards last week, did not get in the end zone, but did catch three of four targets. I think he's always in play with the current state of the tight end position as well. And then Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not overly interested in, but he's very, very cheap at 5,300. And now if you want to spend down on quarterback, maybe he gets some garbage time. Bridgewater is not terrible, but his upside's pretty capped. It really is because he's just not that kind of quarterback that's going to light up the box score. He doesn't add that much to your team from a rushing standpoint either. Alrighty, then we have Jacksonville at the Indianapolis Colts. This was the Week One game where Gardner Minshew got the only win of the Jaguars' season. Now this is a 14-point <laughs> favorites to the Indianapolis Colts and a 49 and a half point over under it looks like Mike Glennon is going to be starting this game as well and he started last game finished with 14 fantasy points they are already locked in the number one seed the Jacksonville Jaguars so they're going to be having the Trevor Lawrence experience next year I'm sure they're going to be very happy about that I think Jonathan Taylor is a smash at 7400 for GPP and cash game he's playing incredibly good football Recently, after starting off relatively slow, there is no James Robinson, but Darway Ogumbawale filled in and was that starting running back. Now, I think he, at 4,500, is a very good defense, but he's going to be used in the past. So I think he could have a higher floor for a cheaper type of running back, but that upside is definitely capped against Indianapolis with an offense led by Mike Glennon and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Naheem Hines, I don't know how much the Colts are going to have to throw. It's not going to be as competitive. He played a lot of snaps last week. He always typically does, but there was also they had to compete with the Steelers after taking a big lead. I think Hines at 4,900. This isn't necessarily the game script where he thrives in, but he can always just go off and have two touchdowns. He's just that type of player. And then DJ Chark, I'm not overly interested, even though he had a good game for like the first time, it seems like, all season, even though that's not really accurate. I think T.Y. Hilton at 5,800 after a relatively disappointing game i think he's definitely somebody you can entertain in this matchup fifty eight hundred dollars that's a nice price point right there for somebody like ty hilton who has been playing well recently and then i think lavisca chanel is a good dart throw it seems like at the end of the year a lot of these coaching staffs try to get a lot of the young guys going so especially these non-playoff bound teams so i, I look at guys like him who Coming off of a big game last week where he had 15 fantasy points, had 7 targets, 48 yards. He hasn't had that huge game yet. I don't think it's going to come necessarily against the Colts, but dart throws are dart throws for a reason. 
And the tight ends, I'm not overly thrilled about any of them because the Colts have three that they like to use. And Tyler Eifert is Tyler Eifert. But the Colts' defense is definitely in play against Jacksonville at home. 3900 not the most expensive, but definitely could be the one with the highest upside after kind of letting a lot of people down against the Steelers last week. Then we have the Tennessee Titans. I love Ryan Tannehill in this matchup. This is, this is, this is a great fantasy matchup. 56.5 point over-under. This is a game to target for sure seven and a half point favorites the titans are and deshaun watson is at 7700 like ryan Tannehill so much at seven grand i think that's a smash steal right there had sub 20 points in the snow last week and we saw houston just get torn up by brandon allen so ryan Tannehill is going to come at a high percentage but he could smash gpp he could smash cash games so he's definitely somebody to look at i think watson is somebody to pay attention to because he hurt his arm he wasn't listed on the injury report, but you still want to kind of monitor to see. It looks like he's going to play. All indications say that he's going to play. And he's another one that's a smash matchup. Might get him at a lot lower percentage. But $7,700, $700 more than Tannehill. And Tennessee has not necessarily been great against the pass. We obviously saw that in the snow with Devontae Adams, but it's kind of been a trend all season. So I think Watson's really in play. I think David Johnson's in play, especially if Duke Johnson doesn't play because he's just been smashing on these full-point DK type of formats against the Colts he had the 11 catches at 27 fantasy points had 31 fantasy points last week 12 carries for 128 yards touchdown on the ground touchdown through the air so David Johnson he's sitting there at 6,800 that's another player to entertain I think this is just a game to attack David Derrick Henry is definitely someone to look at 9,400 had 23 carries didn't do great with it last week but we saw Samaj P. Ryan Giovanni Bernard eat up the Houston Texans who have been terrible against the run all season and JJ Watts going out there basically criticizing his teammates and rightfully so if they're not you know putting their best effort forward so there's just a lot of fantasy options that I like here I think Corey Davis is 6200 is an excellent option because he got goose egged last week a lot of people are going to kind of stray away from him I think you can get him in a low percentage and that's somebody to look at I think Brandon Cooks is a good option 6900 had a huge game AJ Brown's always a good option kind of let a lot of people down last week sub 10 points in a full point ppr format and he's pretty pricey so you're going to get him at a good ownership so 7200 for aj brown i think is something that you should look at in gpp type of games kiki cootie chad hansen they're more dart throws but definitely people to entertain as well and as for tight ends johnny smith look he had seven targets last week that's more targets than he's seen in quite a while he's only seen seven or more three other times this season and he's in a smash matchup, so I think that's something to look at. You want to attack this high over under. Jordan Aikens is another player. He had four targets, caught four of them for 39 yards last week. So PPR format, but it's not exactly high return a lot of the times, but he's definitely somebody who could just fall into the end zone. So I'm not looking at either of these defenses, but there's a lot of people I like in this Tennessee game. Then we have the Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are going to be sitting a lot of their players because they locked up that number one seed. And this is a 44-point over-under. <laughs> you never thought you'd see that with the Chiefs. And the Chargers are favored by three and a half with the Chad Henney-led Chiefs. So I'm not looking at any Chiefs, but I love Justin Herbert in this matchup. Absolutely do at 7,100. Think he's another player that can be considered for cash games and GPP as the Chiefs kind of just kind of allow their guys who are dinged up to rest in this game. Obviously, Clyde Edwards Alaire isn't going to be playing in this game. Le'Veon Bell didn't practice on Wednesday. His knee is swollen at the moment. I think 
This could just be a Daryl Williams, Darwin Thompson type of thing. And if it is, I really love Daryl Williams. Guy runs incredibly hard. And they're probably going to call a lot of run plays and and not have Chad Henney throw the football 50 times like Patrick Mahomes does. So I love Daryl Williams if Le'Veon Bell doesn't end up playing in this game. Austin Eckler, 7,500. He's another player who's definitely going to, I think, have a good game. He hasn't done anything incredibly fantastic recently. He had 15 fantasy points last week, 11 the week before, 23 against Atlanta. I think at Kansas City, it's a it's a spot where he could get a lot of receptions, possibly get in the end zone. Game script could go in his favor, which isn't something that happens a lot for the Chargers. So I do like Austin Eckler. And as for these receiving options, look, it's going to be Tyron Johnson. It's going to be players like that. I think Miko Hardman. I know he doesn't have Pat Mahomes throwing the football, but he should get a lot of snaps with Tyreek Hill, a little bit dinged up, who's going to rest more than likely his hamstring as they prepare for the playoffs. So uh, I'm not like overly excited about Tyron Johnson and players like that. I think Mike Williams is a good GPP play because he could always catch a long ball. He should have had a huge game last week. Ended up with a modest one because he dropped the touchdown. But he did see 10 targets without Keenan Allen. He seems to be a little bit more healthy as well. And then we have the Raiders going to Denver. And this is a 51.5 point over-under. So another sexy fantasy matchup. The Raiders are favored by three. And we saw how the Raiders lost last game. It was embarrassing. And now they're out of the playoffs, so they're just playing for pride at this point. And I think Derek Carr can have a good game against Denver's secondary. I do. I do. I think Drew Locke can have a really good game against Vegas' secondary. Now, this game doesn't necessarily have playoff implications, but there are options here who are cheap who could go off and help you win money. I think Carr and Locke are both those guys. Locke, there's, you assume risk when you put him into your lineup because he's Drew Locke quarterback who struggled against the Raiders last time they played had 10 points that was in Vegas and the Raiders defense were playing a little bit better now so I do like fantasy options here though I really do I think Josh Jacobs at 6200 I think he's somebody that has a limited upside I believe but he's also liable to fall in for three touchdowns and you're going to get him at a low percentage so someone to consider I think Melvin Gordon's definitely someone to consider he's considerably cheaper about 400 cheaper 500 cheaper than Josh Jacobs keeps getting double-digit carries so you love to see that it's coming off of a bad game ownership should be down Philip Lindsay is not there so it's him and Royce Freeman but he sees the vast majority of those carries so I do like Melvin Gordon at 5700 as well Nelson Aguilar 5400 against Denver's secondary I think is another pretty solid play for GPP not a cash game play but he has high boom potential Derek Carr loves to bomb it deep to him and he usually comes through in those types of situations Tim Patrick, I think he's another GPP type of play. He's not sexy. His name's Tim Patrick. It's not the greatest football name. But he has two straight games where he had sub-10 points, low ownership percentage, gets a really weak secondary. He'll be $4,000. So I don't think that's a terrible call. Jerry Judy is coming off of a game where he had 15 targets, only had 12 fantasy points. That's not great. Like He's also in for possibly a good game. But at Patrick is the contrarian play here. And I think Patrick is a guy who we've seen Drew Locke have rapport with, so I don't mind that call. I think Henry Ruggs is another player like that who just lets down a lot. Deep GPP kind of play. Taking a huge risk, but it could boom. Good. Got the Denver secondary. That's not all that great. 
And I think Darren Waller, always in play, has a high volume. I think Noah Fant is definitely in play as well. Had nine targets last week, 11 the week before, seven the week before that. So I think Noah Fant, who hopefully is getting his kind of legs underneath him towards the end of the season here, 4400 considerably cheaper than Darren Waller, but Darren Waller's Darren Waller for a reason. So Darren Waller, 7100 and I think he's definitely somebody that you can entertain for sure as well. Then the Raiders and the Broncos defense, they're both dirt cheap, 2500 and 2400 I think you can probably do a little bit better than both of those defenses, but if you had to choose run, it would be the Raiders because we saw Drew Locke struggle against them earlier on. We have the Rams and the Cardinals. The Cardinals are hosting, or the Rams are hosting the Cardinals, I'm sorry. This is a three and a half point favorite Cardinals against a Rams team that has a hurt Jared Goff. Jared Goff doesn't seem like he's going to play. It's a 40 and a half point over under. So yet again, another gross game. And without Jared Goff in, who has already been ruled out, Kyler Murray, who was dinged up last week, seems like the, the player that you would want to own in this game because we know he has a very high floor as well, but the Rams' defense is very, very good. Murray's at 7,500. I think there are better options that we've already went over than Kyler Murray, and I'm not going to entertain Johnny Walford at 4,900 against Arizona's defense, which is solid but not great. Cam Akers is questionable. It's still debated if he's going to practice. I would say he's not going to play because he didn't practice on Wednesday. He was a non-participant, and he has that high ankle sprain. We've seen players kind of take a while to get back from that. So you have Kenya Drake at 5,400. You have Daryl Henderson, who's out. This could be just a Malcolm Brown show for the Rams. So Malcolm Brown, who's at 4,300, is somebody that I, I don't think is a terrible option. Jeff Wilson tore this defense apart on Saturday, and I know he's a much different player than Malcolm Brown, but this is a cheap, and it's a little bit on the low. So I think that's a, a way to definitely look at this. I mean, the Rams' defense is probably going to help slow down Kyler Murray. So there should be a lot of opportunity, and we know how conservative Sean McVay has been with Jared Goff. So what do you think he's going to do with the backup of Jared Goff? So I do like Malcolm Brown in that spot. And these receivers, I'm really not interested in many of them. The Rams defense has been very, very good. Jalen Ramsey's going to go on DeAndre Hopkins. And I can't trust a lot of these guys with Wolford throwing them the football. I mean, there's Cooper Cup is going to be on the COVID-19 list. So there's probably going to be some opportunity opening up for Josh Reynolds and for Van Jefferson. So if you want to go really cheap against a secondary that can be had, then you can go in that direction. And there's going to be a lot of players paying attention to Robert Woods, Tyler Higby at 3,500. So I just think there are better kind of places to go than there. And then we have Seattle and San Francisco. This is a over under of 46 and the Seahawks are favored by six and a half. Russell Wilson has not been playing great football for fantasy. He's been winning games, though, so that's all that really matters. But he had sub-20 points last week with a rushing touchdown. That's not necessarily great. And you have C.J. Beathard going up against a Seattle defense that's been playing really well. Now, Beathard looked solid against Arizona, had over 20 fantasy points. But I'm probably not entertaining either of those guys for DFS. I don't think the upside's there for GPP type of games. I think Jeff Wilson, somebody you can entertain after coming off of a great game. He's only 6,000, but he could also let down. And we know Jeff Wilson's kind of always been injury prone. He's kind of had that moniker. He goes into games, gets injured during them. So 
it's a there's definitely a debate you should have internally you have to assume risk if that does end up happening then chris carson limited in practice with this foot injury they're doing a little split between carlos hyde and chris carson both of them are a little bit dinged up at the moment chris carson has been dominating touches as of recently but you do see number 30 out there every now and again i think carson is in play but this is a road game san francisco's defense looked solid last week they gave him a rushing touchdown to Kenyon drake but Kenyon drake didn't run all over him and do anything like that as for these receiving options, Brendan Ayuk is out of this game, as is Debo Samuel. So you're looking at Richie James, who I think is solid, operates out of the slot, 3,100. We've seen him have huge games this year, but this is a straight GPP play, a lot of risk because we haven't seen it in quite a while. Kendrick Bourne is another option, but again, a lot of risk. Had one target last week in a weird game against the Arizona Cardinals. And then you have DK Metcalf, who I think at 7,300, you could be getting at a lower percentage because he hasn't had a huge boom game recently. But his success is tied to Russell Wilson, who has seemed to be struggling a little bit through the air. So I think that's definitely something that's a little bit concerning. And then Tyler Lockett, who he's at 5,800 at this point, hasn't really done anything. He's just a straight dart throw at this point, which is so ridiculous to think about. The tight ends, George Kittle is in play at 6,000. He had five targets, caught four of them for 92 yards, and Seattle has struggled against tight ends this season. So I think he should be probably well-owned, but I think that's a solid option to go. But you want to monitor, see all the practice reports. He's been practicing in full recently. Seems like he's fully back so i think that's uh, a place that you can go you know they're gonna want to get him fed if if the opportunity kind of deems itself to go in that direction in san francisco you would think would probably be down in this game but anything can happen especially in this divisional matchup and then you have the monday night well the, i'm sorry the sunday night football game which is really important to the new york giants and that's with the philadelphia eagles hosting the Washington football team, 44-point over-under here, and the Eagles are two-and-a-half-point dogs, which is kind of crazy. I guess the DraftKings sportsbook figures that Washington is going to have Alex Smith. Now, Alex Smith is going to significantly give them a better chance to win the football game. He's going to maximize some of those targets, like Logan Thomas possibly. I think Logan Thomas is in play, by the way, but he's not a great fantasy option more of a game manager which is always the moniker that's been assigned to him i don't really like that but he doesn't light up the scoreboard but he just does a good job getting the team in place i think jd mckissick is in play in this game as is antonio gibson who was back and didn't play all that many snaps mckissick definitely got in when the football team was down but against the eagles i think the eagles could win this game even with alex smith and they're home i think jalen hurts had his worst game i know he was stiff after the game they said he was got a little bit injured a little bit towards the end of the game but he's gonna play and i think he's in play as well because he does have that high upside got to monitor the practice report to see how he looks and if he's moving around well but i think him and miles sanders are in play washington is a good defense i think washington's defense is in play i think if taylor haneke starts (laughs) philly's defense is in play so there's a lot of kind of unique parts moving around and that's for Philly's receiving options I think Dallas Goddard is in play Zach Ertz is is more of a dart throw I think like all these receivers are kind of dart throws I like Jalen Rager but sometimes it's Travis Fogum it's Deshaun Jackson last week with the deep bomb sometimes it's Quez Watkins you just don't really know who it's gonna be and Washington if you have to choose one to be Cam Sims if Terry McLaurin doesn't play but that's uh, again another dart throw type of Thing. Now, when you do the crown mode, 
for DraftKings, you can look at putting, I would say, probably Jalen Hurts or Miles Sanders as the crown player. The crown player gets one and a half fantasy points, and then the rest of the players get normal allocation of fantasy points but this isn't the best most sexy game either 44 point over under here so you can even look at kickers in those modes maybe even plug in a defense to try to be a bit more contrarian and diversify your lineup a bit where everyone's picking from the same pot in the one game anyways that is the philados fantasy corner for week 17 now hopefully like i said you guys aren't playing <laughs> your season-long fantasy matchups into week 17 that's very unfair to a lot of players because they're not going to have a lot of players, because a lot of these players are going to end up playing, because some of these games are irrelevant. But still, enjoy DFS. I'm Nicholas Filato. This is Big Blue View, SB Nation's Giants platform. So let's see what happens this Sunday, and I hope you guys win some money in Daily Fantasy. Take care, everybody.